Two friends taking pictures of the rising full moon on a summer night. Two teenage kids doing what teenage kids do. When a stranger with a gun and a death wish changed everything. It was violent, it was senseless, and I will never understand it, I will never accept it. I'm Amy Donaldson, and unfortunately, we're all too familiar with stories about how violence shatters lives. But what we rarely see is how they are rebuilt. In a new podcast, The Letter, we relive tragedy, but only so we can hear the rest of the story. The struggle to reclaim lives, the realities of grief, and the possibilities of forgiveness. I believe in miracles. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are, and this is a big one. Follow The Letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Inside Sources. Welcome back, everyone. Final segment for you today, and it is State of the Union Day. And as promised, we are going to deliver the State of the Union. President Trump will give his speech later tonight in the House of Representatives. As I mentioned earlier in the program, this has been an, an annual thing for me. This is the 26th time that I have actually written a State of the Union address. I started doing it. I know that's declaring my wonkiness to the world. But I have uh, done that for the last 26 years, and uh, and as I've done that, it's uh, it's just my personal version of the State of the Union. Uh, I've never tried to write it as anything that a sitting president, whether a Democrat or a Republican, uh, what they would say or could say or sh- or should say. It's just it's just my message. Uh, so here we are again, uh, new year, new decade. Uh, countries facing significant challenges and and lots of opportunities. To be honest. Uh, this year's State of the Union will be unique in that uh, President Trump will deliver this in the House chamber. He'll be standing in front of many of the very people who uh, voted on articles of impeachment. Only the second time in history that's happened that a uh, president who has been impeached will address the nation uh, in a State of the Union. Uh, and so I'm, I'm going to restate this before I launch into my State of the Union. Uh, for those of you who weren't listening or have confirmation bias or instant certainty problems or just hyperpartisanship. Uh, I am not suggesting that President Trump would, could, or should deliver the State of the Union speech I'm about to deliver to you. Uh, this is just one guy who has an opinion's opinion. This is my State of the Union. So I would address uh, Madam Speaker and members of Congress and fellow Americans. We're gathered in the People's House in our nation's capital to have a conversation about the State of our Union. From this house to your house, wherever that might be in this great nation, I remind you all that I'm here to talk about the state of the union, not the state of the government. Every president in America's history has regularly delivered a report to Congress on the state of the union as required by the Constitution. For years, it was done in writing, but eventually it became a more formal report than a speech and ultimately uh, some sort of political spectacle. Our first president, George Washington, was laser focused and very brief. One of his State of the Union addresses was only 1,083 words, while Jimmy Carter delivered an entire tome. And fortunately, he didn't read it. Uh, 33,667 words. Bill Clinton holds the record for the longest verbal delivery of a State of the Union address, clocking in at one hour, 28 minutes and 49 seconds. That was in 2000. And Richard Nixon, the shortest of all time, just under 29 minutes in 1972. Now, it's safe to say that in the chamber of the House of Representatives, the old adage still rings true. After all is said and done, much more is said than is ever done. So tonight, 
in honor of the fact that today, February 4th, is the day in 1789 that George Washington was elected as our first president. I'm going to attempt to make this State of the Union a little more uh, Washingtonian in its approach and use a few fewer words than some of the other presidents or what you might hear tonight. Uh, But it's really up to all of us as fellow Americans to act, to get things done. It's not enough to say a lot. We have to do a lot. Most Americans are tired of the state of our politics. They're exhausted and exasperated by the never-ending rage in our political rhetoric that is ruining our ability to have meaningful dialogue on critical issues. President Washington himself declared of partisan politics, he said this, one of the expedients of party to acquire influence within particular districts is to misrepresent the opinions and aims of others. You cannot shield yourselves too much against the jealousies and heartburnings which spring from these misrepresentations. They tend to render alien to each other those who ought to be bound together by fraternal affection. I agree. As Americans, we must be bound together and never allow misrepresentations, political ambition, and the quest for personal power to divide the citizens of this nation. Too many, too many Americans feel powerless and hopeless, uncertain as to what to do, and unable to see how they can impact change. As I travel around, I'm often asked the question, what can I do? We far too often look to politics when we should be looking to people and to principles. The way out and the way up for America has nothing to do with politics, something to do with policy, more to do with principles, and everything to do with we the people. So what can you do? The state of our union and the future of our nation are are found in quiet moments, far from public view where we focus on people. A neighbor helping a neighbor in need, an already overworked teacher staying late to help a struggling student, a fifth grader standing up to a bully for a classmate or local citizens rallying around the family of a deployed soldier. These are the types of things that each of us can do and should do every day. It's true we're in the midst of some difficult days as a nation, yet I remain convinced that our best days as a country are still ahead of us. Why the optimism? It has little to do with glasses being half full or even rose-colored. It has everything to do with the American people and the uniquely American principles that have fueled and fostered the greatest civilization the world has ever known. I've traveled the country. I've seen it. I've found that the core principles, values, and ideas of freedom and free enterprise, education, civility, civil society, and opportunity still ring true in this country. They're not liberal or conservative ideas. They're simply American ideas. And I've seen these ideas manifest in big cities and rural communities. I've heard these principles echo from podiums in big convention centers to the pulpits of churches. I've felt the stirring strains of an American voice as these values were spoken softly to children in inner-city schools and in humble homes. American principles have made and moved our nation from the very beginning. So tonight, together, we must reject the idea that we are on the verge of a civil war. I believe we're actually on the verge of a civil debate. America is always at its best when we're a nation of big ideas and honest, open, respectful debate. The kinds of conversations that were central to the emergence of a new nation will be the cornerstone of a new decade of prosperity here in America. So my hope is to turn the attention of our citizens away from the words of Washington, D.C. and the political class 
and focus it where it belongs, the actions found in local communities. Those of us in the House chamber tonight can work to make government smaller, smarter, and more service-driven. Yet smaller and smarter government alone is not the answer to the issues of our day. America will only succeed when we foster bigger citizens, stronger neighborhoods, and more heroic communities that can create sustainable local solutions. So the question still remains, what can you do? Consider a few what-ifs and make these what-ifs what-is in your life. What if we engaged in elevated dialogue instead of partisan rhetoric? What if we the people realized that community and culture lead and the politicians follow? What if we all realize there is much more that unites us than divides us? What if we recognize that the solution to any problem begins when someone says, let's talk about it? What if we all understood that solutions to problems don't emanate from Washington, but are found in our homes, in our neighborhoods, and in our communities? What if we acted on the inclination of our better angels to serve those around us? What if we expected more, not less, from our leaders? What if we expected more from ourselves? What if every day each of us decided to see something that inspires, to say something that uplifts, and to actually do something that makes a difference? Now, this may seem like a, an impossibly unrealistic list, but what if we tried anyway? The one thing that I know is that Americans may well be the best in all the world at transforming a what if into what is. So we fought and we've triumphed together in this country. Our freedom comes from our joint councils when we reason together and combine effort to tackle the tough issues of our day. We're a problem-solving people, and we long for that unity, compromise, com compassion, and coalitions that create action and actually produce results. Each of us, each of us in our time and turn can do something, large or small, and that, my fellow Americans, is what we must do. That is all I think needs to be said. The test for our nation will be realized in what each of us choose to do. So let us begin tonight to ask and answer the question, what will I do for my neighbors, for my community, and for this amazing country we call America? That's my State of the Union address for 2020. Thanks for joining us on Inside Sources here on KSL News Radio. And as always, as you head out into the world, make sure that you do see something that inspires, say something that uplifts, and do something that makes a difference.